This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. If you don't know me, um, I'm Pastor Abel. I'm the children's director. I have um, one of the best jobs in the whole world. I enjoy it. I get to be a, a human a jungle gym. That's why I work out. They are my cardio. Cool. Um, all right. Everyone can see? hope you guys can see this. Um, I kind of want to take you guys on a journey. Um, we've been talking about kingdom, and uh, I just want to share something that has been vital to my walk with God. And I think the biggest thing about me people always ask is, Abel, you're always smiling and joyful. And they ask, were you always like this? And um, I don't know if you guys know my testimony. Um, so I thought I'd just quickly share. And parents, by the way, when, when your kids are here, it's okay if they're doing things. I, I'm okay with it. I encourage you, if you want to get lost with God, go to this side. They're, they're okay. Holy Spirit's a big boy, and we have to trust him. And I think they're going to help us, actually. We need to bring fun back into God. So, so if this is disrupting you, you can move. I give you full permission. I give you, as a children's director, you're not going to embarrass me. They're, they're not embarrassing. In fact, their laughter helps the presence. I'm telling you, everyone say fun. Um, so I, I want to share, um, just, I, I grew up Catholic my whole life, and um, I, I don't want to bash that. Please, please hear me, because I'm very thankful for my background, and um, I actually know a lot of Catholics. I still consider myself a Catholic, actually. I have my rosary. I'll talk about that. Um, but the two biggest things growing up about God that I thought were this, the two biggest lies. One, he was very far away, and he was always angry, which I felt the sense of unworthiness. Uh, uh, fun was, enjoy was, was not at it at all. So he felt very far away. Um, anyone ever have that? So why I love my job, and I'll tell you why God hired me to do this with kids, is I get to pound in them this truth that they're so sick of. <sighs> he loves me just because he loves me. Because the two biggest lies I, I, was one to bridge the gap of what Jesus did. That separation from God is an absolute illusion. I don't care what you've done. That we're, we're going to talk about this up here. That where, where sin reigned, his grace and forgiveness abounded much more. That when it was God versus your sin, it wasn't a fair fight. And I know for me, I always had a guilty conscience growing up sin consciousness of not being good enough. I did it again, so forth and so on. So um, in high school, I was going to Catholic school my whole life. And um, I put my identity in a girlfriend. And uh, she broke my heart, sad face, sad face, sad face. So to the point where um, my junior year, I had a terrible GPA. Everyone was looking at colleges where to go. I had no identity at all. So the year before, this guy... And my high school took a shotgun and, and, and did that thing. Um, and it got to a point where in my life, I thought that would be a good idea. Um, but yet there was this one kid in my school who kept bugging me to go to his church. And he was a Christian. And I, I didn't know the difference between anything. And he kept bugging me, bugging me. I was like, no, you're, you're crazy. You're a freak. He was very happy, though. I still remember his name. His name was Johnny Trenton. If he could see what I'm doing today, he would be so blown away. Um, but he kept bugging me. So anyways, it, it, I, I tried to endure, and it just kept hurting and hurting. And, and I was just so lost. So I was ready. Um, and I went to go to where my father's shotgun was, because I knew where it was, because I saw it last week. So I walked in there, and it wasn't there. And this guy kept asking me to go to church. So that week I said, okay, the shotgun's not there. I'll go to your church. And he took me to a place called Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. Now, I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this till I came here. It was the start of the Jesus movement, Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith. I didn't know this until later. And actually, I came here, and Pastor Barry said these names. I'm like, I think that's where I met Jesus. <laughs> um, but I'll never forget this. I walked in. And this man preached from this word, and my buddy gave me his Bible. I've never read a Bible. There's a joke there, I won't say it, <laughs> about Catholics and Bibles. I won't go there. Oh, hey, well, don't be funny. Um, but he gave me his Bible, and he began preaching. And I, I, I can't explain it, but Psalm 27 
was the first thing I ever read. And it said, the Lord is my light and my, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And he said, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I, I can't explain this to you. But everything that, that the stronghold I had on my ex and my identity, that I thought everything was gone, I, I can't explain it, but it evaporated in an instant. It, 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 I, I always tell Nate, and he laughs at me, I always say this, I, I haven't been depressed since 2004. <laughs> um, I, I can't explain it, but it was so real. It was so tangible. And I went home and my life was never the same. And, and for me, I, 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 I never struggled with the word of God. And I'll tell you why. Because in that church, he preached about, really what I'm going to talk about this, really the, the heart of God. That I was God's idea. That the death that he died, he died for my sin. And he just began preaching the tangibleness of God. Like, I, I, we say this word love and it's so big. But for me, if I were to unpack that word, above everything else, it's gentle and kind. Which I didn't experience from my natural father. Um, I experienced it when I got good grades. Fortunately, I wasn't a good student, so I didn't experience gentle and kindness very much. So I kind of related that to God. But for the first time in my, in my life, I met him. And he did something. And, and right away, uh, one of the first things, for me, I'm just going to sing it for you. It's, it's a whole new world. <laughs> It's a whole new world. It, 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 it was so tangible that things changed in my life because I, I enjoyed this. I actually enjoyed being near him. I, I didn't understand it, but I could sit with a verse and I began this thing that I didn't know what I was doing. I want to talk about this. It's this one word tonight, and this is the, the word I want to unpack. It's the word meditate. So it's the word meditate, and each one of you know how to do it. I meditated when I, right before I wanted to take my life. My meditation was this. There's no purpose for me to be here. I'm, that's going to my mind. I'm not worth anything. My girlfriend dumped me. I'm not going to college. I, that, I, there's nothing going for me. And the crazy thing was this. Can I tell you, to be honest with you? I had everything. I lived in a $1.2 million house in Huntington Beach, California. My parents did very well. By the time I graduated, I went to Paris, Prague, Vienna, Jerusalem, Spain, and I wanted to take my life. This is why Paul is very clear about you will never find completion except in Christ. And for the first time I experienced that because I stopped worrying. And yet here's the thing though, my situation did not change. I still was not going to God. I had nothing going for me. But for the first time I, I, I could breathe. And all of a sudden I, I could taste. I could, I, everyone say taste. I, I could taste him. It, it was becoming so real that... When you get born again, it, it's a real experience. I felt something new, and I, I was just kind of going with the flow. I didn't know what I was doing. I, no one, I, I was, this was before I came here, so I didn't know how to put words to it. But at this time, Nate knows the story, the Lakers were about to win their three-peat. And we never missed a Laker game. And it was a Monday night, and like, I totally forgot about the game. Because Monday night was when this guy named John Corson was talking. And I couldn't wait to go to church. And my dad's like, where are you going? I'm like... I'm going to church. I, like, I almost couldn't believe myself. I was like, I'm going to church. I'm not watching the Laker game. And I couldn't wait to go. I couldn't wait. It, it, was, it, it was fresh. It was new. It was, it was real. It was tangible. I, I couldn't explain it, but worry began to evaporate. So I, I moved here. One of the first things God said right after that is, get out of California. Good move, God. Um, so I came here, and long story short, I eventually found this house. And I remember the first time I walked through these doors, and it felt like home. I knew home. I just knew home. I couldn't explain. I remember seeing crazy lady here jump up and down and spinning. And I didn't know people had that with God. I, I, a lot of you grew up in church. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was so close. No one told me. So when someone told me it was very real, that that's why I'm doing what I'm here today, it has overtaken me. And, it's, and I'll tell you why. The biggest thing is this. It's the biggest truth. He enjoys us. I didn't know that. Even when I sinned, he, he still enjoyed me. It's like when I, I didn't, I, I experienced it now when my, because I have a two-year-old. And when he does what he does, I'm like, I still love you, buddy. You know? But he, he enjoys us. We've been talking about the kingdom and the kingdom within, and 
and I want to talk about this word meditate because I came here and there was this guy named Randy who just changed my life. He was running the young adults and I, I got to kind of be tucked under him. And I remember I used to go to his house and I would just catch him sitting on his chair, not talking, not talking. He may have the word on his lap, but he would not talk. I was like, I was just fascinated. I was like, what, what are you doing? It's like, I'm just sitting with God. I was just like, you could do that? He's like, yeah. And he began me in this journey of, of, of what it meant to, I, I, I never, see, I, I didn't grow up Christian, so I didn't know that people wanted to be in the pulpit and be preachers. I grew up Catholic. No one wants to be a priest, people. So I, 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 I didn't become a Christian to do what I'm doing. I, I, I became a Christian because I, I was overwhelmed that, that he enjoyed me. I'll say it again. He, he loved me before I first loved him. And that I was experiencing that through the word of God. So I began this thing called meditation. And I want you to write this down because I believe this. John 17 says this. This is, this is Jesus' prayer. And this is what's going to save the world. And I'm just going to say it. You don't have to look it up. Look it up later. You guys know what Jesus prayed about. It. He said, I pray that I would be in them, they would be in me, and we in the Father, we would be one. And that the world would see it. And that the same love they have for me, they have for them. That's how the world is supposed to be saved, ladies and gentlemen. They're supposed to see you and see how overwhelmed you are with who's living with you. That this being called love, this being that thinks no evil about you, this being that keeps no record of wrongs, this being that only hopes for the best, this being that I pounded in them, they know it. Love thinks no, love endures. Where's Brooklyn? Say it. All things. Love endures all things. Do you know what endure means? I will say have broken said, but it means to choose to suffer patiently. And that's how God chose to express how much he loved us. He chose to suffer, to express the value of how much he wanted to actually enjoy Abel, to enjoy each one of us. So meditation is this, and I want you to write this down. Meditation is the awareness of your oneness with him. That is it. It's the awareness of your oneness with him. And here's the thing about meditation. The degree to which you meditate is the degree to which you will experience the glory of God. So meditation is my awareness of my oneness. Now, I was doing it. I just didn't know what I was doing. I just saw him sit there, and I'm like, dude, you're just being quiet. And he just showed me what he was doing. I was like, okay. So I began taking this word and I began what, I'm going to kind of go into this, but I began my, you ready for this? I'm born again. You're all born again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, that if you're born again, you are a new creature, creation, something never, ever seen before, right? And you now have this thing called, man, I, I, you now have this thing called the mind of Christ. So I began really experimenting with this, exploring it. I began sitting down with God and I would just take truth and I just, I don't, I can't explain it. I'll explain it this way. Can you guys see this? God made you in his image and likeness. We all know this, whether you like it or not. I want to show you the process of worry and I want to show you the process. So worry is meditation or the awareness of a lie. The awareness of fear, the awareness of doubt, the awareness of really this. And we're going to talk about this. So each one of us was, oh, I won't go there. Help me, Holy Spirit. This is where I got to say again. I call this, oh, what am I doing? It's called um, PHP, pause in his presence. Cool. Okay. So I, I just want to share what I'm going through in my life right now. And how he's taken me back to this place of meditation. Because I, I think the biggest thing about meditation is the enemy. 
I'm just going to show you how it happens for me. My wife and I got COVID. A lot of you know the story. Right when Judah got born, we got COVID and I considered a thought. I considered a lie. I considered this one thing. What if I get it? She gets it. We don't know what this thing is. What if Judah dies? And I began this process of meditation. And what meditation is this, and this is what it means. It means to imagine, to devise, to plot, to revolve in your mind. So I began doing this synopsis of what if Judah gets it? What if I get it? What if he dies, right? To the point where I began making decisions based on all that. I basically formed my own reality because I'm going to share you the scariest scripture or the most exciting scripture in the whole world. Proverbs. Oh my gosh, I forgot it. Someone help me. No, Proverbs 23.7. Yeah, is that Proverbs 23.7? That's my boy, Nate, right there. I think it's Proverbs 23, verse 7. Tell me, you know, let me know if I'm wrong, right or wrong. I'm right? Hallelujah. So look at this, because here's the thing, though. You, you, you got to get this. This scripture is, determines everything, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, I, I want to show you, oh, man, I'm, Holy Spirit, you better help me unpack this. I'm learning how to unpack. Everyone say unpack. So I, I want to look at, so I began, oh man. This is, I'm in a good place. This is good. I'm comfortable right now. I haven't been in this place in a while. Oh, it feels so good. I'm so free from you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do mean it though. Oh, I'm not going to be honest. I'm lost right now. That's my boys. Encourage me. <laughs> yeah, Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, thank you, so is he. So the reality is this. Whatever you determine to med meditate on, that is what you're going to encounter, good or bad. So, when I got born again, I began meditating on this. Oh, here we go. Now I got it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pastor Gavin's been pounding Colossians 1, which is Christ in us, what? The hope of glory. The Passion Translation says it better. It says this. This is one, Colossians 1, if you want to know it. Living within you is Christ, who is flooding you with an expectation of glory. An expectation of glory. Each one of you is accountable for your level of expectation of glory. And that starts with meditation. For example, if you weren't excited to wake up this morning, you had no expectation of glory, which tells me you didn't meditate at all. You didn't enjoy the process of being, I'm going to say it this way, this is what A.W. Tozer said, this is what meditation is. It is long, loving, mental intimacy with God. I think so many of us, we've been so accommodating to evil, Right? We, we, it's so easy for us to go the negative route. Yes or no? Right? It's so easy to, to go the negative route. Yet when the good route comes, why do we go? It's just my imagination. The word meditate, when, when, when God told Joshua to meditate on the law day and night, day and night, it means to imagine. It also means to speak. It means to revolve, to, to deliberate, to, to almost make a case. How many of you made a case the wrong way today? Yes? So I want to show you through the eyes of Jesus truth. So we're going to go through my favorite story in the whole Bible. It's in Matthew 9, Mark 2, and Luke 5. So if you have your Bible, go to Matthew 9, because I want to talk about this right here. I want to talk about this. So if you have your Bible, go to Matthew 9. How do you do, Mama? <laughs> You guys there? Because what you're about to see in the story to me is our old man versus our new man. 
We'll talk about that. Thank you for asking. No, it's good. Old man versus new man. Because this is key. Because a lot of us are trying to fix the old man. That's why we go down that route. We're, we're, we're consumed with the old man. And I'm going to break this down for you instead of embracing the new man. So in this story, you're going to have Jesus preaching. And this is a story where he's preaching and they break through the roof and bring in a paralyzed guy. And all the religious leaders are there. Are we ready? Hallelujah. All right, Matthew 9. I have to get there. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought him a paralytic lying on a bed. This is New King James. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. At once, some of the scribes said within themselves, or the Pharisees, this man blasphemies. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, say easier. Easier. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. Now, I want to break down the scripture because for me, this has been a foundation of my walk with God. Because to me, that is the heart of the father. Every time I, I just hear God go, son, isn't it just much easier to say you're forgiven? Because I used to be the master of self-criticism, self-judgment, self-punishment, just punishing myself till I feel unworthy. Anyone ever done that? Where you unqualify yourself? Some of us need an encounter with, son, you're my idea. Isn't it much easier to say, to meditate, to revolve that you're forgiven? Does this make sense? Now I want to break these words down. Look at the word. Oh, I love this. In verse four, it says evil. When Jesus knowing their, look at verse four. When Jesus knowing their thoughts, here's Jesus saying, why do you think evil in your hearts? You know what the word evil there means? You ready for this? Full of labor and hardship. Complication. Making things hard. Here's old nature versus the new nature. Jesus going, this is easy. It's just easier to say you're forgiven. And here are these guys. Here, everyone look at me. This is Paul, by the way. This is Paul. This is Paul going, no, 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 no. I, I know the law. I know the law. I know it. And the law is this. It's self-effort. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. No, no, no. You got to work this system. You got to work it, buddy. And you got to work it. And Jesus is going, why do you think evil in your hearts? And here's the thing, though. He knew that. Like, he knew. Why, do, why, why were they thinking evil in your hearts? I have a question. Why were they thinking evil in their hearts? Talk to me. Why were they thinking evil in their hearts? Why were they complicating it? Huh? It can't be that easy. I'll tell you why. And I'm going to answer your question. Where's Patrick? I'm answering your question right now. You asked about the old nature. Go to Colossians 1.21. I'm sorry, Van, did I set you up for that one? Go to Colossians 1, 21. Oh, I got my word today. Before we go there real quick, when Jesus said, isn't it much easier? Guess what the word easy means? No labor. No labor, as in no self-effort from you. No self-effort for you. Now, I want to break this down. If we go back to Genesis chapter 2, don't go there, just, just listen to me. If we go back to Genesis 2, before the fall, the last verse, the Bible says this, Adam and Eve felt no shame. They were naked and felt no shame. <laughs> naked, right? Laugh. It's okay. They were naked and felt no shame. Which means this, they didn't know how to complicate. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm saying. One translation says this, 
They felt no shame means this. There was no delay in enjoying God. One translation for shame is the word delay. They didn't know how to delay enjoying God. They just enjoyed God. They were in this garden called Eden, and it was now, 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 and they just enjoyed it. They just enjoyed it. Everyone say enjoy. Because the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, which means take pleasure and actually enjoy. And I think we've complicated enjoying him. Some of you today here in the kids were like, they're messing up the holiness. You better stop it. You better stop it. I'm serious. We, 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 need a, we need a new way of thinking. See, we need a new meditation. How many of you thought that? Honestly, how many of you thought that a little bit? They're getting a little rowdy over there. They're getting a little rowdy there. I can hear those flags. Getting a little, little, you know. We need help. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. But listen to me. They felt no shame. Now, now put up this picture. So when Adam and Eve bit the apple, because remember, this is Paul, who's this Pharisee going, it's not that easy, Jesus. It's not that they're thinking evil as ours. It's, it's more complicated than that. I studied, I know. And so he tells us why they did this. Colossians 1, go for it. Is that up there? So this is Colossians, I'll read it for you. Did I say it right? Colossians 1, 21. All right, I'll just read it. You guys have it? Look it up. Listen to me. And you who once were alienated and enemies, where? In your mind by wicked works. Now I'm going to stop right there. We're going to read the rest. You see, when the fall happens, our minds were alienated against God. Do you know what the word alienated means? I will tell you. It means to be shut out from fellowship. To be shut out from intimacy. It means to be estranged, which means to no longer be close or affectionate. Now remember, in their minds, not in reality, in their minds. He didn't shut off. He's still on. They shut off. Do you see this? God did not change. So their minds were alienated against God. And here's the biggest thing they were alienated against. They were alienated against that he, this is huge, that he is a good father. They were alienated against the glory of God, which is his goodness, right? Paul later writes, it was the goodness of God that led me to repentance. It was the loving kindness of God that led me to change. So they were alienated. In other words, they couldn't wrap their head that God was good. So when they heard God walking, they hid. They hid. In their minds, they're thinking, they're thinking big bad wolf, big bad daddy's home and he's angry. So I'm going to hide. Their minds were alienated against intimacy. Does that make sense? Each one of you were born into that. Remember, so Paul is here at this in Matthew chapter 9. He's probably one of these guys here going, it's not that easy. Why? He's alienated. He hasn't been ready. Remember, Jesus hasn't died yet. So they're all unbelievers, right? They're all unbelievers. How many of you were born again? You got born again, right? So alienated means to be estranged or lose close affection to. So now go back, stay there. Now let's read the rest of Colossians 1.21. Now here's Paul. I'm kind of going to jump back and forth between these stories because I believe you have Paul the Pharisee and then you have Paul the... <gasps> now the thing about the law is this. Thank you. This is, this is the old nature. I have to break this down. Do you guys see this? The old nature is this. When Adam did what he did, we took on a sin nature. To get back to God, we had to obey the law. It was a self-effort, right? And the end result of all this is death, right? Right, wickedness. And here's the, the foundation of it. The foundation, the start of all this is this one word, I, I, right? What caused them to fall? I want to be just, right? So it's a self-effort. So now Paul, well, well, let's finish the verse. Are you ready? You ones who were alienated or shut out from intimacy, right? In your mind by wicked works. Yet now, I will say now. Now, if you're a born again believer, this is you right now. He has reconciled in the body of his flesh through the death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I want to go back to Matthew 9. 
So when I got COVID, this is my equation for all of you. This is what your heart is doing. So when I got COVID, and because I started with this, this was bigger. This was my reality. This was greater than that because I chose to meditate on it. I chose to meditate on it. Does this make sense? So I went down the I wrote. I said, I'm going to save my team. Jesus, you can't do it. I'm going to do it. So guess what I did? I went to Walmart. I bought a mask. I got everything, da, 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 without even going to this. I built my own reality to the, to the point where it felt like there was a cloud of this over my house. For the first time in my house, as the man, I could feel a cloud over my house. But then we had a moment. All it took was one moment. Say a moment. All it takes is one moment where we went, wait a second. My wife said, this is what she, a lot of you know the story. She was holding Judah and she had gloves on and a mask. And she went, this feels absolutely, everyone listen to me. This is my story. Don't, don't copy this. Don't, this is, this is, I'm sharing, you understand what I'm saying? This is my intimacy with God. You can't have my story. And I mean that. You have to have your own. Thank you. She said, this is sickening. This doesn't feel right. And she got out all of Judah's prophetic words. And we started speaking them out loud. And then we got into the word. We began prophesying. Within five minutes, we threw every mask thing and everything away. And I'll say this, the cloud left. Now it happened. Here's the thing. Here's the foundation of really meditation. The root of this meditation starts with this one word. To going this way, it starts with another word that Paul says in Ephesians, Colossians. If you don't know where to start in the word of God, I call it the gypsies. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I read them every month. I promise you, I have printies. I have so many prints. The guys know if you go into my office, I have stacks of just print pages that I give men. Because the Paul who once was going, it can't be that easy. I, I know it. I've got it down. And now the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. Write this verse down. This is what happened when he met God. And this is what I'm learning to when I met God. He says, I am determined to know nothing. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to say in the Amplified because it's bigger. I resolve to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and my favorite, and to be conscious of nothing, to meditate nothing except Jesus, who he is, and Jesus crucified, which is what he already conquered for me what he conquered for me. So I believed he didn't conquer death yet, where my Bible tells me the opposite. So I began this meditation. But as soon as I caught it, I just began meditating. And I got my favorite verses, Psalm 62, where it says, he, he, not me, is my champion defender. Over here, I said, I'm going to be the defender. I'm going to defend the family. Me, 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 the weight is on me. And that's how I began my thought process. And that's how my actions happened. I just got intimate. I just performed worship with the wrong guy. You're always worshiping something. Does this make sense? So for me, I just began that he is my champion defender, and I'm going to show you how I meditate. We'll get there. We got time, but I, I really want to break this down. So when that happened, this was what happened in my heart. For as I thought in my heart, so it was. We walked it out. We've gotten COVID three times, and nothing's happened. That's just my, that's just my walk. We're all indifferent. Please, please just hear my heart. Just hear my heart. You are powerful. Gosh, I, I, he made you in his image and likeness. We are powerful. Now, here's the thing, though. I don't, I don't ignore the problem, but I take the problem through him, from his perspective, from the word of God. So if you're not in this word of God, if you're not being intimate with it, if you're not revolving it in your mind, you got nothing. You got nothing. And I mean that you got nothing. So as we meditate in, I want you to go to, to Luke. I want to do the same thing. Go to Luke chapter, um, Matthew 9. Oh, I'm sorry, go to Mark. Matthew 9, Mark 2. Is it Mark 2? Mark 2, thank you. Go to Mark 2. It's the same story. It's the same story. You guys good? All right, here we go because we got to break these words down. And again, he, it's the same story. I'm sorry. I got to hit this one. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, is this, 
this the right one? Yeah. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, everyone say faith. Here's the thing about your new nature. Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. You are saved by what? Grace through faith. My word is rest. I'm saved by grace through resting in who he is for me. So think about these four guys for a second. A lot of them probably said, I need to go to the hospital. I need to do this. I need to spend my money this way. They're delivering, they're revolving their minds and nothing is working. Same thing happened with the woman with the issue of blood. She's going, I, I got this money left. I need to spend my money on this potion, on that potion. Maybe I have to go to this witch doctor and that witch doctor. And, and then she's starting to hear stories. She goes, and the same thing, what I'm going to ready, consider what if this guy's the real deal? And the woman with the issue of blood said this, if I just touch his garment, she meditated on, on this. She made her reality by the, what she meditated on. If I just touch his garment, I'll be made well. If I just, if I can just touch him. Does, do you see what I'm saying? So her, her resting was on who he was. To all that happened was one touch and that was it. And he knew it. And what, do you guys know that story? What did he call her in that moment? Daughter. 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 He wants us to rest. So let's keep going. Sorry. Uh, where was I? What, what verse? Verse five. Thank you. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, oh, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning. And that word reasoning means this, the same thing, revolve in one's mind to deliberate, to consider, to reckon up reasons. In other words, they began to build a case in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in the spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier, say easy, once again, that word easy, you need to remember this, means achieve without great effort. Your sins are forgiven you. I say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up the bed, went out into the presence of them all, and all, and so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Everyone say, I want that. We never saw anything like this. Meditation is the vessel for you to enjoy God. And we all do it. Right now you're meditating. You just don't even know it. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. So here's the thing about meditation. Here it is about the word of God. I have one job. Be available. I have one job, be available. So when I was 19, this is how I started. I got a job because God was so brand new. I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning because I had a construction job just to sit and play. I didn't know any other way. No one preached religion to me. I didn't know. I was just like, man, this is new. I saw this guy sitting down. I'm going to try it. And it became a lifestyle. It just became. So the biggest one for me is I'm going to show you how I meditate. Oh. Can I show you what meditation looks like? <laughs> We need a tutorial. I'm going to give you a tutorial. <sighs> real quick, real quick. Can you put up the Romans, Romans 6? This is Romans 6, 6 through 11. This is New King James. Because this is what Paul tells us. 
you can't debate me on this, knowing this, that our old man, everyone say old man, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, listen to me, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Keep going. For the death that he died, I'm going to read this slowly. He died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Last one. Likewise, everyone say, that's me. That's me. Ready for this word? Reckon or meditate or consider yourselves dead to sin, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm going to read it. Can you put up the message? Do you guys have the message? Thank you. But I want to read it in the message translation if you have it. Do you have it? Oh, you do? Oh, cool, cool. So same verse in the message. This is Romans 6, verse 6 through 11. Oh, dang. All right, I'm going to read to you. <laughs> Just listen to me. Let's be ready. I'll, I'll just say it. Ready? This is Paul. Could it be any clearer that my old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ? A decisive end to that sin measurable life, no longer at sin's every beck and call. What I believe is this. If I got included in Christ's sin conquering death, I also got included in his life saving resurrection. I know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again. Listen to this. Never again will death have the last word. I wish we believed that one. When Jesus died, he took my sin down with me. But alive, he brought God down to me. From now on, I think this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to me. God speaks my mother tongue and I hang on every word. I am dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. In other words, everyone look at this. This is not your equation. Everyone look at me. This is an absolute illusion. It's a lie. You've just been considering it. That's why you feel unqualified. That's why you punish yourself. That's why you judge yourself. You are considering a lie. How many of you think, I'm going to get nasty now. How many of you think, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you of sin. Honestly. How many of you think it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you of sin? I'm telling you, this is to determine everything. The Bible says, it's in John, what is it, 16? 14? 14. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin. You are no longer of this world. He's dealt with sin. Did I not just read it? His job is to convict you of righteousness, that I am one with him, that every second of every day, I am the perfect place to be overwhelmed of who he is and that is love. So right now, he has you right where he wants you and there's a part of love that he needs you to encounter. You right now, whether you like it or not, are in a whole new world. You are in him and this is in you. That is where you're sitting and walking every second of every day. That as I be do my laundry, I am in him and he is in me. And I'm just aware that I'm not alone. That I'm aware that he keeps no record of wrongs. I'm aware that everything who he is, is in me. And so my meditation is on one of these. So for example, for me, it was this. When I was 19, I read Ephesians for the first time and it says this. I once who was far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And I began just sitting in the mornings early or I'd be, I'd be in the shower, I'd be at work and just considering I'm one with him because of his blood, which led me to Isaiah 54 because I used to think God had an angry problem. But in Isaiah 54, this is spewing out of me now, it says this, God says, so have I sworn that I'll never be angry with you, Abel, nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be moved, but my kindness shall never leave you. So I began considering this and being intimate with me. That's why I'm so kind to everyone. 
That's why when people are complete jerks to me, it's easy to be kind. I've had intimacy with this. I've had long loving mental intimacy with this. I've taken time out of my day to let my imagination run wild. Does this make sense? How many of you are enjoying the word? Don't raise your hand. I'm going to show you how. I'm going to show you. You guys, you want me to show you how? I'll show you how. He's here. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict you that he has you right where he wants you. And a lot of times we don't even give him that opportunity because we do this. I did it again. Dang it. Dang it. You are owning your old nature instead of embracing your new. To embrace forgiveness, I can't own my sin. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I have to own that what Jesus did far outweighed what I did. Amen? Does this make sense? That's called repentance. And repentance means God, through all my trials, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That every truth is getting bigger and bigger. Can I tell you, um, is it on here? That is you and that is Jesus. Is this making sense? I'm telling you this. Right now in Northern Virginia, your biggest threat against you is busyness. That is the spirit over this area. That is, the, that is the biggest thing. He wants you busy instead of enjoying. Delight yourself in the Lord. That means you ready? Take pleasure in, enjoy. That I once enjoyed Diet Coke and then I enjoyed orange soda because it's better. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason the Psalm says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I can tell you since being a dad, since being a dad, this right here, I can taste it because I need it every day. That when I've yelled at my son, instead of owning my yelling, I've embraced his forgiveness. Because in this forgiveness, you know what I've met? His smile. I could taste his smile. I'm serious. I, I can taste this. I, I, I know the perfume of this word. Because I've deliberated it. Because I used to do this. I did it again. And that wasn't working. <laughs> so uh, I was like, oh yeah, Paul did it. I'm going to consider. I'm going to consider this. What I just read to you. Hey, Abel. Hey, hey, isn't it much easier just to say you're forgiven? Isn't it much easier just, just, just to consider? I'm going to end with this. Are we doing, am I talking too much? Yes. yes. <laughs> I love my kids. They're so honest. Um, go to Luke. Because I, I need you to get this picture of... Um, Go to the prodigal son. Was that Luke 15? Luke 15. Go to Luke 15. I need you to go to Luke 15. Sorry. Go to verse 20. Because Jesus is the whole time trying to explain to you, this is going to be your new nature. This is how you're going to think from now on. That the old way of thinking Paul was going, this is really hard. Now he's going, this is easy. Jesus and Jesus crucified. Who he is we, he's already conquered for me. That it's not my strength, but it's his strength moving in on my weakness. So in the prodigal son, we all know the story, yes? The son took his inheritance and blew it. Lost it all on everything he shouldn't have. And now he's alone, ready? Meditating, revolving. I shouldn't have done that. And he does this. Maybe if I go back, maybe he won't treat me as a son Maybe I could be a slave. Maybe he'll let me sleep in the garage. He won't give me my room back, but maybe he'll let me just be a slave because it's much better than sleeping with pigs. So he considers it and he goes, I'm going to go back to God. That's what this picture is. I'm going to go back to God and I'm going to, you ready for this? I'm going to reason with him. I'm going to plead my case. God, I blew it. I am unworthy to be your son. I'm unworthy. Can I sleep in the garage? That's what he's going on. That's going, that's going on, that's going on. This is what happens when you bring your reasoning to God you're going to see God's reply. Look at this verse, ready? And he arose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, 
his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, here's his case. I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals, his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Let's celebrate. For this, my son was dead, but is alive again. He is lost. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Look at me. Ready? Here's what he did. He ignored him. The Passion Translation says this. He shut him up and picked him up with his love. That is how meditation should start. Meditation, you ready for this? Now I'm going to teach you. Okay, Nate, I'm ready. You're on. Uh, Rafa, can you get the lights? I'm going to... I'm bringing, I'm bringing my, my lefty up. Now, if you have notes, uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is, this, is, this is your homework. I'm going to teach you how to enjoy God. And this is how I do it. This is how I do it. I want to show you how I meditate with God. When I first started meditating with God, this is what I would do. This is before... Uh, iPhones, I used to set my alarm clock for one minute. And I would just, one minute, take one truth. I once who was far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And I just began to consider it. Just like you considered worrying today, right? Now here's the thing. What I'm going to tell you to do, when if you try this, I promise you, if you haven't been doing this, it's going to feel absolutely stupid to you. Because you've been engaging in this thing that doesn't exist anymore. So it's going to take a discipline. You've been engaging this. So what I'm going to explain to you, but here's what happened. I now need to set an alarm to stop because I get lost. Where I'll begin my meditation and now I have to set an alarm for 30 minutes. I've done it for hours. I just, I believe he enjoys me. So I go in. I just enjoy it. And I'm going to show you how I do it. And I'm going to use scripture. This is how I do it. Now, we all know that be still and know that he is God, scripture, right? The real translation means this. Be still means sink in. And Paul says it this way. It's the same translation where he says, you know where it says put on the new man? It's a terrible translation. It means, it actually, if you look it up, sink into the new man. Because where is he? I'm in him, he's in me, we are one, right? So I'm just going to show you how I do it. Now write this verse down. Genesis, you don't have to put it up here. But it's Genesis 2-7. I'm going to give you, I hate giving you formula, but I'm just going to give you my formula. Genesis 2-7 says this. The Lord God formed you out of the dust of his ground, out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. So it's the first thing I do. And I do this while I'm doing laundry, while I'm showering, I do it as much as I can every day. And this is step one. I just become aware of my breath. I become aware of my breathing. That I'll sit still and I'll be aware of my breath. Now you're good to go if you want to just play. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you into this. So Genesis 2-7, he breathed into me the breath of life. So I just focus on my breath. I'll sit there and just focus on my breath. Second part I do is this. A lot of times I don't even get to part two. I just focus on my breath and he just takes me now. Just be honest. If you're not there yet, I'm, I'm trying to get you. I want you to get there. I, I, this is all I want for you guys. I want you to enjoy God. That's it. I, I want you to enjoy that he made you. I really just want you to enjoy it. Oh yeah, I got my cereal weapon up here. So the second scripture is this. So you'll be aware of your breath. The second one is this. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this all scripture is God breathed all scripture is God breathed so this is what I do this is how I fall asleep now by the way and I and since being a dad on my weekends this is what I do for fun when I put my son to sleep because this has become more enjoyable than anything I promise you 
I love putting my son to sleep because I'll just sit there and I do this. I'll focus on my breath. And then 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. So I'll find one truth that God has been highlighted to me in the week, one truth, and I'll say it. I'll do it, for example, John 17, right? So this is what I do. I'm just going to do it for you. I'm one with you. You're one with me. We are one. I'm one with you. You're one with me. We are one. Now I'm going to teach you about breathing real quick. If I were to throw you in a pool, you have two options how to sink. Without your effort, is it on the inhale or the exhale? Exhale. To sink in a pool, if I were to throw you in a pool, and if you wanted to sink, what happens if you inhale? And try to sink, you flow, right? If I were to say, go to the bottom, what would you have to do? This is why breathing is so beautiful. So beautiful. Breathing is, meditation is as easy as breathing. So the exhale, say exhale. So where's, where are my weightlifters? If I'm doing bench press or muscle, right before I press, am I inhaling or exhaling? Inhale, right? If I'm at the gym and I want to push something, I'm going to go. <gasps> so if I were to exhale and push, what would happen? <sighs> what happens? This is what exhaling does. Write this down. Exhaling is a surrender of my strength. I'll say this again. Exhaling is I'm surrendering my strength. So every time I breathe, I'm inhaling, but I'm exhaling to sink. I know this seems weird for you. Some of you that have been doing this, I dare you to add this. Omo, I dare you to add this. I'll take you to new levels, I promise you. See, some of you haven't been doing this. So this is, I'm telling you, I'm just going to look in your eye. This is going to feel stupid because you've been entertaining the life for so long. So it's time we embrace the new. Amen? Okay, I'm sorry I had to yell at you. So step one, I'll be aware of my breathing. I'll take one truth and I'll say it. I'll do Romans 6. This is one I do. Sin can't conquer me, for you already have. And I let him paint. I let him paint. And I just become aware of my breathing. Now, here's my theory. Ready? Now look, if I get distracted, I just say the word again. This is how I drive, by the way. I'm one with you. I don't listen to radio anymore. I when I go to the gym now, I don't need the radio anymore. I, I got him. I'm serious. I, I, I found something better. And I, I want you guys to discover there, there, that God is better. I really mean that. Like, he really is better. Like, he's, he's the author of pleasure. Like, he, he wants you to get this. Amen? So, I'll just say it again. If my mind begins, starts to wonder, I'll just say it again. All of a sudden, I'm thinking about tacos. And then I catch myself. I just go, oh, yeah, I'm still here. So I just go, I'm one with you. And I'll do this one. You're one with me. And you're smiling. You're smiling. Why is he smiling? Why would he be smiling? Are you forgiven? Then he has no reason not to smile over you. Some of you can't see a smiling God because you don't believe you're forgiven. You've been bullying yourself with lies. How many of you have said, honestly, I, I need hands here. How many of you have seen the Father smile? That hurts my heart. Isn't it much easier to consider you've been forgiven? Because if you don't know you're forgiven, you're not gonna believe he wants to use you and have fun with you. You're not gonna believe the dream he placed inside of you and you're gonna to try to self-effort this thing. You'll never find it. 
So I'm sitting with him, and this is how I drive. This is how, this is how I fold laundry. I'll just take truth. One with you. You're one with me. We are one. So here's what I want real quick. We're, we're done. <laughs> Ralph, can you hit all the lights? I, I, I got Nate playing. I, I want us just to practice this real quick. I just want you to try it. Just, just, everyone look at me. Just, just consider it. A lot of you spend all day worrying. Just consider this. Just consider you've been forgiven. So here's what I want you to do. Just sink into your chair. Get comfortable real quick. We're just going to do it for two minutes. I'm watching the clock. I got a time up there. I want you to close your eyes and just be aware of your breath. Just be aware of your breath. He breathed into you the breath of life. He doesn't need you talking. He needs you being still. Stay where you are. Now we're just going to add this one thing. On your inhale, I just want you to say, I'm one with you. And on your exhale, I just want you to say, we are one. So, I'm one with you. We are one. Say it. Luke, death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. Use it. I'm one with you. We are one. Your two minutes is up. I don't know if this works for you, but I know for me, I saw a big guy sit on a chair and practice, and I made it my own. You're going to have to learn how to engage with him. But I hope I just, how many of you just got a little hungry for it? I hope you just. <sighs> um. Real quick, Choo Choo, how you doing? Okay, I'm done. I, 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 I'm gonna go home and do this on my own. Um, we do a men's Bible study real quick, and we're we're practicing this. We're going through the Word, and we're actually going through it. And uh, my buddy Dave um, got extra copies. Um, how many of you haven't seen a smile? I'm talking to men, honestly, men. How many of you haven't seen a smile? 
How many of you guys have seen a smile? How many of you want to see a smile more? All right, I just saw your hand first. And your hand first. So this is one of my favorite authors. And, and anyway, she says this, and I, and I promise I'll end with this. We're done, we're done. <laughs> because of this, you have one job. And she says this in the book in chapter three. This was someone that was in jail but knew how to enjoy God. And she says this, you have one requirement. You have one requirement. <laughs> he has you right where he wants you. So you have one requirement. You ready? <laughs> begin. Begin. Just begin. I don't know what that looks like for you. For me, it was just, I'm just going to sit and just begin. And I begin by, that's how I just do it, but just begin. So I, your homework is just to begin. If you know how to begin, I dare you to try what I do. Just, just, just get going. Does that make sense? Oh, all right, I'm done. I'm just going to pray us out. All right, I'm gonna, you're, you're lucky. We're done here. I love you guys. Um, everyone just breathe Holy Spirit we just thank you thank you for not complicating this help our unbelief get rid of it so that we can experience the isn't it just much easier to say you're forgiven isn't it just much easier to be loved in this moment isn't it just much easier to experience your kindness your gentleness your love keeps no record of wrongs Holy Spirit, take us deeper in this as we begin, whatever that looks like. Holy Spirit, just help us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry I spoke for a long time. But just begin. We're all amateurs, by the way. Go be an amateur. <laughs>